Welcome to the Neverworld Podcast, where together we explore the strange and unusual. Every journey starts with the first step into the unknown. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Neverworld Podcast. I'm Scott with my friend Dave, and we today we have a special guest, uh, a co-worker of mine named John, who uh, has joined us to talk about... Uh, Not sure where John's some, at. Screen, so. John will be somewhere on your screen, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's moving, but uh, <laughs> anyway... So we brought John on to talk about some experiences he had uh, while doing prison ministry. Mm -hmm. And this goes in line with our previous show, past few shows, when we talked about the satanic panic of the 1980s and we've discussed exorcisms and stuff uh, along those lines, demons Mm -hmm. and angels. And John has had some experiences with that. And John, welcome. (laughs) I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and uh, chat with Dave and I. Um, you had talked to me a little bit about some of the things that had happened, uh, in your past, and I just found it very intriguing and I'm, I'm glad you, uh, agreed to share what I'd like our listeners to know. And myself is tell me a little bit about the prison ministry and how this all kind of came about, how you ended up doing that. Well, first I I was in security work before I ever got into prison ministry. Okay. And this is right. the majority of the stories minus one is where I, I saw all this stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, prison ministry was something that came about a couple of years ago, and I actually met a satanic uh, worshiper, or actually ex satanic worshiper, mm. uh, at the last prison. I was, you know, okay. Uh, all right. Uh, he's got a life sentence, and <clears throat> I was sitting next to him long before I realized this is the guy that they were telling stories about before I ever got there. Oh, man. So it was, wow. we, we both shocked each other uh, in the end. But what I mentioned to you was mm-hmm. about a certain individual in Memphis when I was doing security work up there. Right, okay. Then I'd run across. And this was literally the only person I've ever met that I would say was demon-possessed. He had committed four murders. Uh, he had stabbed elderly women from age 70 to age 90 and killed him, and where he had stabbed him, he had had sex with him. Okay? Very gruesome guy. He did four of these. Jeez. Uh, when I met him, I was watching the inmates observe this guy, because they called him Cajun, and he was very thin, very lengthy. Uh, lanky. He was probably about five foot six. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the inmates complained that this guy never blinked. I said, well, that's impossible. Right. You know? right. Right. So I, I, I sat there and I watched him for like 20 minutes. And I thought that he and I were blinking at the same time. So I like double blinked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. And he never blinked. And when I started to study his eyes, and th- this is a memory. So he probably had white around the eyes. But if you were to walk me into court today and say, what did his eyes look like? I would say they were total black. Mm-hmm. the corner. He seemed like one of the most ordinary people that I'd met, short of his crimes and short of the fact that he didn't blink. But um, he. One yeah. second. He. Uh, sorry. 
No, that's fine. I'll 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 trim that little bit. We're good. Gotcha. He um we had two gang leaders in the jail at the time that for some stupid reason, they decided that in order to unite the two gangs, they were going to go out and commit a double murder together. They got caught. I'm telling you that the mentality of what's going on in there is just astounding. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that they, hurts my head. You know, well, he had freaked out these two guys so bad that they decided they were going to kill him. And I happened to be there that day mm-hmm. as I watched him try to drive a, a sword, a four-foot piece of metal, they, they took out of the overhead fluorescent lights. They made a sword out of it. Jeez. One guy, yeah. One guy held him back with his chest bare. The other dude was trying to bury the sword in his chest. And it's we, we confiscated the sword. It came down to literally a point. Uh, it wasn't like a blunt edge. I mean, it was like a ballpoint pin point. And I saw this go down. And by the time we could call you know security or anything, Cajun is walking across the floor covered in blood like something out of carry and he's leaving solid red footprints all the way to the door Jeez. and he walks up and he says hey i think i need to leave and that's the last time i saw that joke short of a tv show later that so he he shouldn't have survived mm-hmm. he should have been able to blame he should have never committed the four crimes and the very last time i saw cajun was on a uh, they did a Tennessee show on death row inmates. And the guy in the next cell was being interviewed by whatever stations out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. And he was telling them, this, they're talking very politely. Hey, you know, what's your expectations? How have you been? All this stuff. Cajun is swinging on the bars next to him saying, fire up the, the chair. Let's go. Let's go. And Donnie Johnson, who I recently found out passed away. I mean, they executed him. Uh, that Cajun, when we get out in the courtyard, I'm going to kill you. And that was the last time I saw him. Now, I assume Cajun's dead. I tried to look him up, can't find him, and he wasn't okay. executed. Uh, hmm. But I, a couple of years back, I looked him up because that, that's the kind of guy you just never forget. Well, how could you? Yeah, yeah no kidding. <laughs> right. And he's not on the prison rolls. Uh, so whether he and they definitely, definitely would not have ever let that. Wow. So, but that's the weirdest thing. So, the so they were they able to actually stab him, or was just oh was yeah, that, I, was so, watching, I was very so that was his blood, and he wow, he, and he walked away from it. He, I mean, he walked away from it like he was simply walking up to the the gates to go, hey man, uh, you know whatever. I mean, he wasn't limping. He just casually walked up yeah. like he'd walk up to the door and knock on it. Yeah, that uh, normal um, human is not going to, to yeah, handle that. Something crazy. is. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. And that was when you were doing security, correct? Yeah. We were. Um, I started off installing systems and I would check systems and procedures. Mm-hmm. And that happened to be one of the times that I was checking the procedure. Uh, so to oh, be okay. inside of a, a jail, a prison, a uh, high security facility or anything, that was normal uh, for what my job entailed. Mm -hmm. wow so even having that experience you um i guess somewhat more recently started prison ministry did that have any effect on you doing that um or did that push you to that or i had literally started uh, not prison ministry but a spiritual walk 
Christian walk uh, a year before that. Mm-hmm. So running across Cajun was rather interesting for a young Christian. You know, it tells us that there's it's a spiritual warfare, the demon possession, all that. Mm-hmm. But to actually run face to face with something like that, right, it's an eye opener. It'd be terrifying. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Definitely. So, so when you when you met, I don't know what the time time nineteen eighty nine time was. So, when when did you you just recently became a minister or ministering to the to the prison? I've, I've been a minister for probably the past three years. I've okay. been on church staff for the past ten years. All right. And I've been a Christ follower since nineteen eighty nine. Right. And that's okay. So, so yeah, huh? that was when you met Cajun and the. Uh, the guy that you said used to be a, a satanic. A satanic. Oh, I, I met him two years ago. Oh, oh yeah, him two years ago. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was trying to figure out the timeline here and, and what. No, what I, I met David. Motivated to become a uh, prison, uh, a prison get into prison ministry. Well, that's that's a funny story. Uh, Ten years ago, I met a guy that did this for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been doing it for 30 now. But 10 years ago, I met him, and for some reason, my application couldn't get processed through. Out of everybody at our church, hmm. they processed everybody in like a day, but for some reason, mine got lost. And he said, you can't go in. Well, I never pursued it. Right. So when I started working with Scott, I ran across this guy three years ago, and he's like, dude, you got to check this out. And I literally go to you know, do a prison ministry within that year. Um. And that was the first time that I'd stepped back inside of a prison in 10 years. Wow. Right. So it it was just interesting that I'm sitting there with 30, 40 inmates, Mm -hmm. 10 guys, you know, 10 ministers, and we're doing a three-day prison ministry. Right. And the guy sitting next to me, I find out later, is this Satan worshiper that had pentagrams drawn on his floors, tattooed on his chest. Uh, you know, dead cats in the cell, stuff like that. Uh, oh yeah, wow, okay. uh, he, he was doing all the sacrifices. You could get that. everything in jail then, apparently. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw uh, when I was working in Texas, I saw cats and birds, dogs, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily property; it's just what you can get your hands on. Mm-hmm. Right. And David managed to get a hold of some that just didn't make it out of the cell. Damn. You know, I knew a guy that had a trained rat that would jump on guards. Uh, that was in Texas. I'm serious. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's for, however you train a rat, he trained them that when he saw a guard to jump and try to bite them. That's um, funny. Yeah, the rat didn't last long once he caught him. But yeah, that. Death row. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, I see. I, I know. I'm, I'm very interested in in the Satan worshiper. Was he at the where you guys were ministering in the in the prison? Was he there to learn, or was he there to mock, or was he was he just there neutral? Like, no. From what I found out later, because when when they asked me to go in and talk and minister and stuff, this was this was all new to me. I was literally taking it day by day. Right. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, here's a guy that had tightened up their security and 
now I'm walking into the very guys that really like to be free. So right. it was an experience for me to, you know, be able to sit there and say, hey, how you doing? Uh, because there were no guards around. It was yeah. simply oh. them and us. Okay. Uh, we were Dang. in the chapel. We went to lunch with them. Uh, we came in after breakfast. We left before dinner. Uh, but we ate lunch with them. And we lined up in line just like they did. Huh. But David would, when I met him, he wasn't doing that. And I found out from the leader of the mission group in there, uh, that he knew David probably five years. And David was one of his like prized group, uh, pupils. Every right. time that they would go in and do a Christian ministry, David was there. He had renounced all the Satan stuff. Hmm. Okay. Been, yeah. In Florida, to my understanding, there is no, if you get a life sentence, you're in there until they decide to parole you. Right. I'd met inmates that had 33 years. Uh, I'd met inmates that just started off on a life sentence. David told me he would never be released because his charges were that bad. I believe him. Right. I mean, I'd met jokers and uh, guys in Texas that had 5,515 years that made parole in 15 years. Yeah. David said, I ain't never getting out. They're never going to let me go. And I believed him. Mm-hmm. Not because he was doing anything wrong. But just they weren't going to let him go. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'd want David out anyway, but. No. Um, I, I mean, I'm all I'm all for uh, second chances and rehabilitation. I do believe anything is possible. But I also do believe that there's a certain level of, of real evil in the world mm-hmm. that. um yeah, it's, yeah, you don't want that out. Yeah. I that's, agree with that. That's uh <laughs> I uh how do you when you come across somebody like that and you know they have such a a heinous past, such a violent past, is it hard for you to push that aside and see them again as a human and tend to their spiritual needs? Well, there was a reason they didn't tell me about David's past. And when I met him, I spent literally the whole day talking with him. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't walk in and shake hands and go, hey, what are you in for? That's just not a discussion. In prison. Right. <laughs> but yes. a- after a day of talking with this in, you know, intellectual guy that seemed to be you know, peaceful spirit that mm-hmm. you're not sure what he's in there for, but it's in his past. You know that. It was hard for me to come back the second day and to look at David as a Satanist that had committed whatever the crime was. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'd already met him. I right. already knew right. who he was. Uh, so basically, you didn't have a chance to prejudge him uh, like we do as humans, right. um, as we do as people. Yeah. Um, right. When Victor Cos came in, I knew who that was. He was making the newspapers. Uh, all the inmates were talking about him. Uh, all the jail inmates, because I never, knew him. Uh, I never went to Riverbend. Mm-hmm. But he, he was somebody that when he walked down the hall, you just didn't, you know, you just weren't comfortable around him. He he could say nothing, and you just wouldn't be comfortable. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, for the twenty minutes that I observed him. He wasn't doing anything weird or anything. He was literally sitting on a table playing cards with inmates. But he still made you feel, you know, unclean, uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I think that, like I said, that was a very 
foreign up man inside. I don't think he, I don't think his human self is in, if that makes any sense. It does. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I, I, I think, I think we, you know, and we, we see it on lesser levels in life. When you get, you get around certain people, you either click or you feel a negativity and you, right. you kind of push away, but yeah. sounds like he was taking that to a whole new level that you just knew that this is somebody you don't want to be around or it made you uneasy. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I never feared for my life. Or I mean, that, that wasn't fear. Mm-hmm. It was just the chemistry of. Yeah. I don't want to have a lunch with a guy. I don't want right. to have a 10 minute conversation with him. I just, he can be standing over there doing absolutely nothing. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I just, I had no desire, even as a Christian to minister to this guy. That's, that's mm-hmm. a sad thing to say, but he just, there was no draw for me to go over there and go, Hey dude, what's up? You know, what's going on? Mm-hmm. No, well, I mean that, you that's, know what, that, that's like a sixth sense kicking in. That's like this, that just keeps you away. It's, it's almost like a the, the two magnet sides when you push them together, they they, they repel each other. And that's mm-hmm. probably like on an emotional level, on a, on a subconscious level, that's what was happening. Like yeah, he's putting out that vibe to stay away, and your vibe is like, I want to stay away from that guy. Yeah, so you're just picking like, that up. <laughs> just keep bouncing off each other. He didn't well, want they... to be around, and you didn't want to be around. Him. <laughs> right. And that makes well, they... sense. I mean, that that's a safety. That's like nature kicking in, you know? Well, they, they, they say, you know, just stay away from the guy. In, in all my self-defense classes and all this stuff, they say that that primal instinct is it's DNA in us. Right, mm-hmm. right. When you feel the hair on the back of your neck, that subconscious thing telling you, you know, that's primal instinct telling you, right. you probably don't want to go down that alley. Listen to it, yeah. Right, right. right. And, and people get in trouble because they don't listen. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard sometimes, you know, because you're like, oh, well, I'm just being silly or whatever. No, always mm-hmm. listen to your gut. And that's a hard lesson lesson to learn, which is built yeah. into us for a reason. I mean, it's self-preservation. Of years or millions of years, however long that, that instinct right. has been kicking in. Yeah. Right. I mean, if, uh-huh. if we second-guessed ourselves during the dinosaurs, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. True that. Let's go just pet the Tyrannosaurus Rex. It's, oh, he's, look at his head. little arms. Isn't he cute? Yeah. yeah. Those little <laughs> arms aren't going to hurt you, chomp. <laughs> yeah. Early Peter. <laughs> yeah. Go to the house with that big bird. It looks yeah. nice. Yeah. Come here, ducky, ducky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so have you, uh, are the, is that the, the most, that's the most extreme that you run across is, uh, Cajun, extreme, right? <laughs> well, I know, Cajun, right? It is. It's pretty extreme. <laughs> it's very extreme. After I met Cajun, I came down to, uh, Florida for about five years to do some work down here. And that's mm-hmm. literally what ended my, my desire to ever do that. Again. <laughs> but I was down in Citrus County, uh, and I met Eileen Warnitz down there, female serial killer. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, that they made the movie of that Charlize Theron played Monster. Uh, Monster. Yes. Wow. Wow. She it was weird because um, she had her own cell, but there was a small hole at the top of the cell. It's all metal walls down there with rivets and brads. Uh-huh. She, there was a small hole where you could push literally a cigarette through at the top and her cell backed up to the men's one of the men's units. And I watched the inmate pass a note through to it. And when it came back, uh, he and I were talking. He's showing it to me. It's in crazy handwriting. She called herself the Electric Chicken. 
The electric yeah. chicken? I'm serious. <laughs> and I, I wrote a note and I said, send it to him. And this was a Christian note. You know, uh, hey, you know, I'm praying for you. I hope everything's, you know. And I, when she sent back a note, I can't remember what she called herself, but it was two totally different handwriting. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it was weird because this inmate and I are looking at these these notes, mine's in like this fluid, very nice cursive. Mm. This is in chicken scratch scribble. You can read both of them. Wow. But you would have thought there were two people in that cell. Wow. Yeah. 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 And I, I knew for a fact she was by herself. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's wild. Personalities kicking in there. That's, yeah. That's like yeah. a whole new level of. I hate that's, to say it. That's, a whole that's new level wild. Of that, that, you know, that, that it's hard. It's, it's tough to even nail down on somebody like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I never saw her. That was, that was a weird thing. Um, I knew she was in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the sheriffs were escorting her in and out. Uh, but where I was located, she, you know, I wasn't privy to the transportation. Right. Uh, and they cleared the halls when she came in and out. Wow. But uh, yeah, it was it was weird. To, uh, that one hour, this guy and I were sending notes back and forth because I was amazed at the different handwriting. Mm-hmm. I went into my one semester of psycho, you know, psychology. Yeah. You know, yeah. Oh, let's figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> I've got it yeah. figured out. I know what's yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, you got don't it all. <laughs> Just don't let it, it, it eat bacon it, anymore. She'll be fine. <laughs> right. It, it wasn't it the good side that was doing the crime. It was the other. There's Sybil in the next room. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Nice reference. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that. that always amazes me. All of this amazes me that um you face something that you knew was not right um and yet you put yourself right back into a prison where you know there's bad people and um right. it am i wrong in thinking that it actually maybe solidified your faith more or made you what um, more desirable desire to to minister or what ministry was an accident okay uh, <laughs> No, I'm serious. Uh, joining the church, being a minister, all that was accidental. When I got fed up with Florida government, all that, um, right. I was literally on my way out of Florida to either Colorado. With I had some money, I'd say, had some inheritance. I was either going to buy an acre of land and a chainsaw, cut right. down <laughs> trees in the cabin, and I didn't have a clue what I wanted to do, or I was going to take my funds and go to Thailand and be a Christian minister flying mm-hmm. blankets, Bibles, missionaries right. all right. every country around. Well, some missionary work. Right. Okay. But be a minister, that was never on my radar. Right. Yeah. You know, that's be able to speak to somebody to say, hey, you know, this is, you know, this is what I believe. This is what mm-hmm. you know, this is I want to help you. Mm-hmm. That never that's never been able to exit them out. But to help somebody yeah, I can do that all day long. Right. I can jump in and, you know, find a blanket, find a source, find an airplane, right. uh, find somebody that can help somebody. Mm-hmm. That I can do all day long. But to stand up on stage and give a sermon, that is only recent mm-hmm. uh, come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And that was literally the first time it happened was in a prison uh, with David Pennington. Wow. Wow. Because wow. they asked me. I, I didn't plan to speak. They said, oh, dude, 
first time, you're like, I hate being put on the spot, man. <laughs> it was after lunch, and he says, hey, you want to speak? I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. And I winged it up on stage. Mm-hmm. And it was, and when I say wing it, the only thing I could witness was what I had experienced in regards to my, my walk. Mm-hmm. These guys that were Christians were about to be Christians. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a you know, come to Jesus message. It was simply a, dude, God has something better for you. Message. Right. This this may suck here, and you may never get out. God has something better for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came so fluidly that I was absolutely amazed. I thought, wow, that's you know, for thirty years, that's like toughest thing to do. Walk up to somebody and try to validate your belief. Mm-hmm. But now I'm in front of a bunch of you know, thieves, killers, rapists going, hey, guess what? <laughs> and it just came out easily. Wow. You know, why right. have I been holding back for 30 years? Well, I believe when we find our path, um, no matter what our belief system is, it seems that when we find that we're doing what we are, quote, meant to do or mm-hmm. ordained to do, things start to fall into place. Things just happen. Things right. you didn't think were possible. You stepping on stage and it just coming out. I don't, that's, that doesn't sound like an accident to me. It sounds like, Hey, this was supposed to happen. John was supposed to let that come out. And you Mm -hmm. saw just what, what could be done. I just, it's, it's neat when things, things like that happen. Um, That's, that is really cool. Yeah, it's nice. That's like you said, it's when, when your path is found for you or you find it yourself. Yeah. It just, it just seems to. It's like the doors open. It's yeah, when, right. when you're, when you're doing right, when you set your, when you set your vibration level at good versus the inmate you were talking about to stay away, it's just, it's yeah, like everything yeah. just aligns when you're on that path. Um, and that path doesn't come from evil. That's for damn sure. No, so, no. no. I agree hundred percent with you there. So, um, David, do you have any more questions for our guest, John? No, I'm just amazed. Like, like my if I had had a hat, I'd take it off to you because to to go in like Scott had said earlier to to go back into the prison. I don't think I could have. <laughs> I don't think I could walk just, back in there. Just to minister, just to minister to prisoners is just that. That is a whole whole other level of thinking that I don't think I'm capable of. I'm a bit prejudgy right now. <laughs> Yeah, like, like right now, like maybe 20, 30 years, I might be able to. I'll be like 80 years old and just not care. But like right now, I, I just think like that I don't, I'm not in a headspace that I could do that. So I, you know, yeah, that's freaking great. And and it's good that people that are there want to hear you. They, they want to hear yeah. what you have to say. They want to hear about like, yeah, there there is something better. It's not It's not what you've been brought up with your whole life or what you were told it's actually a lot better if you just if you open up if you open your heart yeah. open your mind to it it's so, uh yeah, good for it's you it's definitely a, a mind game in there and i don't mean playing mind games it was just yeah. I've, I've, I've done this uh that work for over 20 years in the 20 years it was just shocking to see the mentality of people that this they consider this to be normal yeah. Instead of going to prison to be badge of honor, mm-hmm. and you would sit there and say, so you've been locked up six years. What are your plans when you get out? You would assume they'd say, I had six years to think. I've got these mm-hmm. plans. I have this support system. 
but most of them just go back to doing what they knew how to do, even though they've been out yeah. of circulation for whatever amount of time. Yeah. That it just blew my mind that there was no positive direction, even after they got kicked back. Mm -hmm. and, you know, time. I mean, yeah. cell, phone, cell phones came out while some of them were in there. Yeah. He changed. I, I knew a guy that when they released them, they handed him five twenty dollar bills, and he refused to touch them because he thought they were counterfeit. <laughs> I, mean, I believe it because yeah, they've changed yeah. so much. Yeah. They look right. like Canadian money now or, or British yeah. money almost. Yeah, now. more color. Yeah. Yeah. He, he thought they were setting them up to go back to prison. He's like, I don't want that. <laughs> well, he don't try. Why is he going to trust yeah, the man? He can't give me that. He can't <laughs> right. take that. He told me, he said, the only reason I took the money was because the guy handed it to me had already thumbed through it. His fingerprints were on it. Wow. So he told him, he said, just put it in the envelope. I'll take it. And he, his, right. hand, his fingerprints were on the envelope. Because he said he'd been long. Yeah, 14 and a half years. He goes, I thought that I was going to walk out, find a Secret Service guy out there, Treasury Department, whoever does the cash, and they were going to arrest me for counterfeit money. He wow. said, but that captain's fingerprints were on that, you know, those 20s. They were going to get right. him first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's, that's great. Do you great. have anything, John, that you'd like to plug or promote or anything while you're on here? All right. Just glad to be here. Uh, we are very you, thankful man. that you came on to share uh, with us. I enjoy hearing anything that um, borders on spiritual, paranormal. I, you know, I, I believe there's evil out there. And I fortunately have not been witness to it on mm -hmm. on your level. And just I like David said earlier, it takes a special person to go right back in there and to. um and to even want to talk to some of these people and uh, yeah, yeah. my hat off to you, which I don't have. So thank you. <laughs> so thanks again, folks, for joining us on the Neverworld podcast. I hope you enjoyed uh, our show with John and tune in next week when we hope to bring you something just as intriguing and interesting. Thanks again. Thank you, John. Take it easy.